When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Monday, December the 5th, 2022. Y'all decided to wake out last up with Ray G. And for that, appreciate you being in the building, baby. Uh, we had a couple of days off last week. Had to celebrate the wife and I's uh, sixth wedding anniversary. So it was a good reset. Hope everybody enjoyed. Had a bunch of football this past weekend. Shout out Fizzle Dollars for the intro song. Appreciate you, Fizzle, for the dope intro. Who we got in the building this morning? Let's see who we got in the building and say good morning to y'all fine folks who we got up in here who we got marlin in the building patrick what's up patrick johnny james alex c patty mills leo seven goat rings eric v in the building david all the way from across the pond what's up with you david main event fizzle yes in the building man it's gonna be a good show going to be a good show today shout out to our sponsor of the show prize picks use the promo code wake up right there below nba prop bets uh, World Cup, if you're into that kind of thing, esports, if you're into that kind of thing, use the promo code Wake Up. You put in 100 prospects, gives you $100 back as well. And as always, you got to start the morning with a cup of Michelle Adoro coffee. Go to MichelleAdoroUSA.com. Use the promo code Wake Up. Get 15% off of that good coffee. I love it. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I've already had a cup. So I'm drinking Michelle Adoro water this morning. I got up early, got me a good workout in. Feeling good today. Um, Check out the Scott Connors podcast. He finished up his roster construction series over in the Destination Debbie feed. I highly recommend you checking out the episode today. Talked about wide receiver thresholds, how to trade, when not to trade, tight ends, running backs, all that good stuff. The entire series was super dope. So shout out to Scott, Destination Dynasty, 
Eric Vanek's America's Game podcast that drops on Saturday. Just a bunch of dope stuff. And as we approach this season of college football, over, right? We've got the bowl game set. We'll get in a little bit of that in a second. NFL season going into week 14. Make sure you tap in to what we're doing over here at Destination Devi, getting you ready for rookie drafts. I'm going to start that scouting process here in the next couple of weeks. So patreon.com forward slash all gas. $7 a month gets you in that Discord community, gets you access to our database, gets you access to the Discord channel. Film sessions, all 22 film, all that good shit. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. But um, let's talk about it, man. The big news. I mean, for me, for a lot of people, some of the biggest news out there, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. He is the new coach at Colorado. So Deion Sanders took his talent or is taking his talents from Jackson State, Mississippi, and he's going to Boulder, Colorado. I think this is a fantastic move for Prime. Uh, he's proven it, man. Three years at Jackson State, two SWAC titles, went undefeated this year, shown an ability to pull top recruits in the nation to uh, to an HBCU. I think uh, HBCUs in general are in a better place uh, today than they were three, four years ago because of Deion Sanders. He's taken a lot of criticism, a lot of hate out there. Um, I'm not buying any of that, man. I, I think what he did what he's done for HBCUs, what he's done for, you know, just the fact that recruits can say that I can go to a smaller school and perform should be commended. And I'm excited to see what he does in Boulder uh, over the next couple of years and understand he ain't going to be there for long. So anybody thinks he's going to be some lifer in uh, in Colorado, that is not going to happen. We all know that he's going to follow the Mel Tucker approach. But speaking of college football, the college football playoffs are set. And I have to say, the committee got it right. I got to give him a round of applause. The college football playoff committee nailed it. I, you know, I've been saying that I thought they would try to sneak Alabama in, and it was real close. Alabama fifth, right on the outside looking in. But you got Georgia at one. They absolutely dominated LSU in the SEC title game. Michigan at two. They dominated the Big Ten title game without Blake Corm, who's out. Torn meniscus, had surgery on that. So rest up, Blake Corm. Hopefully we get you ready for the 2023 NFL draft process. Number three, TCU. Uh, an overtime loss to Kansas State. Max Duggan, if you watch that game, left it all on the field. The Max Duggan experience is a wild one, and I'm excited to watch him in the college football playoff. And then, as always, Ohio State finds a way to back into the college football playoff. They will be matched up against Georgia in the first round of that. My USC Trojans fell to Utah. Uh, it was tough to watch that game, but uh, Caleb Williams is still going to win the Heisman Trophy, one of the most talented players in college football. Uh, they play Tulane, and... Um, yeah, just a little disappointed. Thought we'd be able to pull it off, getting the college football playoffs. But we got a lot of NFL news to get to today. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to make it on the show. Yeah, yeah, um, my bad. But my bad. No, you're fine. You're fine. You were talking about your college football stuff. You know, I, I know, I know. I'm no, I'm not no college football expert, but I do my best. You know, I'm excited for Coach Prime. Um, we'll obviously get into that in the new segment, of course. Um. And I am surprised, man. I thought I thought like you, Bama was going to get in. I know two losses. And then um, the other thing that we didn't touch on because it is a little bit older news is the playoff has now expanded to 12 teams. Ray, do you want to quickly touch on that? Because yeah. I'm not a fan of it, man. I think the 12-team playoff is kind of lame personally. The top four teams will get a bye. The bottom eight teams will play each other, and then they will play the top four teams. So it is a little bit more fair if you do make it into that top four. But how do you feel about this new 12-team playoff? I, I'm I'm okay with it, man. I didn't really have a problem with the four team. I thought like an eight or twelve yeah. team eventually would happen. I was okay with four. Um, you know, do I really do I really need to see the ninth ranked team like try to get like I just 
I don't know. Now man. we're gonna it's now we're gonna he- now we're gonna hear should Coastal be in? Yeah. Should Tulane be in? Yeah. Like I don't want to I mean, hear about that. But but you I know, guess I, it's I, fun, I mean, right? It's it's you, yeah. You it's good for them get, to get the exposure. I think, which is yeah. great. Which yeah, great, you right? could you could potentially get those Cinderella stories. What if what if Tulane somehow ends up playing Georgia? And I'll tell you what would happen. Yeah. Long time ago, a lot of y'all are probably too young to remember this, but Hawaii and Colt Brennan, uh, they were faced off against Georgia. And they got absolutely destroyed. Like, it wasn't even close. So, I think you'll see a lot of that. Cincinnati, Alabama, people clamored for that last yep. year. And Cincinnati got foot put in ass. It just was not... Like they just don't have the horses to compete. But I'm fine with it. Any any more college chaos that we get, more games matter, conference championships for some of those teams that do, you know, win their conference championship that aren't in P5, giving them an opportunity, give, giving just other teams... An opportunity, I'm fine with it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I was fine with four, to be honest with you, Jay. Yeah. But we do have a lot of news to get into, so let's run it right now. Straight facts, baby. The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. All right, Ray, so starting with some of the college football news, we did see that DJ Uyunglele will be in the transfer portal, which means he will not be declaring for the NFL draft. Not really surprising with how he played this season, but, you know, I thought there was maybe a small chance he did declare. Now he will be back in college, and it will be Cade Klubnik at the helm for Clemson, which is great because we saw some flash from Cade Klubnik this year. DJU obviously not looking so great, so obviously they've had some talks there, and now Cade will be the starting quarterback, and DJU will be going elsewhere. On top of that, Michael Penix Jr. also announced that he will be returning to Washington this season, which was a little bit surprising. There was times when people thought maybe he could be a dark horse for the Heisman, had a pretty good season at Washington, but decided to come back for what will be his sixth season in college. So if, you, if you're a quarterback whisperer and you want Michael Penix, he will be pretty old by the time he comes out. But talking about Colorado, it was already announced last night that Travis Hunter will be following Coach Prime over to Colorado. And on top of that, they also got a commit flipped from Texas A&M, Winston Watkins Jr., a five-star wide receiver out of the IMG Academy in Florida. I believe he's the fourth-ranked wide receiver in the class per the 24-7 composite rankings. So a lot of good things already headed to Colorado. And, Ray, I'm sure you saw the speech from Coach Prime. He said, oh, I'm yeah. coming here and I'm bringing my Louie with me, right? I'm yeah. bringing my luggage with me, my Louie luggage. So there will be a lot of players going to Colorado. There'll be a lot of things changing to Colorado. And I'm sure we will see it all happen. Shadur over the next Sanders. Couple He's of already months. said Shadur's the quarterback. Yeah. Shadur's going to be the quarterback. No surprise there. His son will be the quarterback. And you've talked about how he is a legitimate prospect. So it's not like he's just being given this job or whatever. No. He's been great all season long. Obviously, swag titles and stuff. So I'm definitely excited for that. But getting into the NFL news, Ray, there is a lot of injuries. So I will try and keep it pretty quick. Kenneth Walker has an ankle injury. Last night, Pete Carroll said that he doesn't know the extent of the injury Ugh. at this time. I'm sure he'll get an MRI. So we'll see what happens with Kenneth Walker. Lamar Jackson has a knee sprain. Um, Ian Rappaport was on Good Morning Football this morning talking about it. It's week to week right now. They said actually days to weeks, whatever the hell that means. But it seems like he could be held out towards the end of the season. Uh, potentially just depends on the extent. The problem is, is that they looked like they were going to be fine for a playoff berth, but now with Tyler Huntley, we'll see how they look and obviously how Lamar Jackson is. He will get an MRI today to determine the extent of that injury. 
Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season. Yeah. Another 49ers quarterback broke their foot, and uh, we will have to talk about that a little bit more. But it is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant from Iowa State at the helm. Looked great, though. I got to give credit to Brock Purdy for a quarterback who was expected to do absolutely nothing. He took over. He played well. He won the game. He got the ball to Christian McCaffrey and the playmakers. And so it's interesting to see how this system is so quarterback-friendly. Jalen Waddle. Not sure what the injury was, but he did leave the game in the middle and did return, finish up the game. So we'll see. It was apparently a leg injury, but we're not sure the extent of that and whether or not it will linger into this week. Aaron Jones was battling a shin injury. We saw a ton of A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon had a great game this week, but we'll see if there's anything wrong with Aaron Jones heading into this week. Traylon Burks got smacked in the face and he has a concussion. So we'll see if he's able to play this week. It was a really bad hit by the safety. Don't need to make those plays. You see a lot of safeties not make them, but this guy decided to do it. And now... We'll see what happens to Traylon, whether he can play this week. He, they don't play till Sunday, but I believe they play the Jaguars this week, and then they come back next week, and they play the they play a tougher opponent. It might be the Bengals. No, it wouldn't be the Bengals. But either way, they do have a tough opponent in two weeks. This week is the Jaguars, so he may be held out this week. Corlin Sutton, dealing with a hamstring injury, played 23 of 53 snaps. We'll see if he missed any time. Hayden Hurst left with the calf. Isaiah Likely, shoulder injury. Quez Watkins, a shoulder injury. DJ Dallas also left with an ankle injury. Jeez. And Matthew Stafford on IR with a spinal cord contusion. So it is the John Wolford show, who actually did look pretty good against the Seahawks. So we'll see what happens, but a ton of injuries, obviously waiting on a lot of MRIs to determine the extent of some of this stuff. But We'll see. Lots of things going on in college and in the NFL. But yeah, a, a brutal week for injuries this week. Um, on top of a lot of good games. So to be to credit to the games, there was a lot of good games this weekend, but a lot of injuries that also came with those games. And then we didn't mention Tua either. Small ankle injury held at yeah. the end of the game, but they were losing. But he's supposed to be fine. So no expected implications from Tua this week. Should be fine heading into the next week. Man, um, really dope to see uh, Dion already pulling five-star recruits. Travis Hunter following him. It's the culture, man. Um, I think he's going to turn it around. Like, do I think Colorado's going to be some top 10 team in the country? No, but they'll be competitive. I I, I, I truly have no clue if Dion could coach or not. Apparently, like, his specialty is working on with the DBs, which he's clearly great at Go that. figure. But uh, he's going to hire a competent staff around him, and he can recruit. He will recruit his ass off, and now— Instead of, you know, going to a swag school, which there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a difference between the the publicity that you get at a Jackson State versus a P5 school. I think he's going to be able to pull in any damn recruit that he wants. So that's going to be exciting. From the NFL, my, my big, the big one that I want to talk about, Jay, is um, because we'll, we'll talk about Jimmy Garoppolo in a second. Two, two ones, and let's be quick because I want to get into the meat of the show. I think we've got a really good show for people today. Have we seen the last of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Have we seen the last of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Um, let's say it's a knee sprain, and that's, I don't know, what what's that? Like a four-week injury, something like that? I, I don't know. I'd say two four, to four weeks, yeah, four depending, because he kind of has to heal up, strengthen a little bit. You know, it could be, it's hopefully it's not MCL. MCL, I think, is usually between two to four weeks. So I think to answer your question, what worries me, Ray, is if you're the Baltimore Ravens, what is your incentive to let him play? You know, what if his last what? memory is him getting injured to end the season, well, you kind of shutting him down to save him from himself? If you're Baltimore and you don't have any sort of desire or inclination to pay him moving forward, your incentive to play yeah. him is we're not gonna we're not gonna pay him anyway, and we're gonna trade him. So let's yeah. ride his ass into the dirt. Try to make a playoff push, get in there and make something happen. That's your incentive if you're Baltimore. The better question is, what's the incentive that Lamar has to play if he's getting the read that they're not going to pay me? My knee is messed up. 
I think there's a real world in which we've seen the last of Lamar in Baltimore, and a lot of people, like Tyler Huntley's fine, but let's not be silly. He's no Lamar Jackson. Like, he's not. He's not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. A lot of people seem to think, oh, they'll be just fine with Tyler Huntley at quarterback, and I don't believe that to be the case. Baltimore has done a horrible job of surrounding Lamar Jackson with weapons. Um, you look at their receiving core, and you look at everyone's Devin Duvernay, he's a jag. He's just a guy. Deshaun Jackson... I mean, this isn't 2008, man. This isn't this isn't 2010. It's 2022. This is damn near 2023. Djax, Demarcus Robinson, like get the hell out of here with what they've built around him. If I'm Lamar, I'm like fuck you. I'm not playing. I'm done. You didn't pay me, and it's gonna be it's going to gear up for a very very messy offseason, Jay. I think it's gonna be super messy. I want to know what's even messier. Is it Baltimore? Or is it Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, Aaron Donald in the Rams? Because you just said it. Spinal. Uh, Mike Tyson, spinal. I don't know what this means, um, but it doesn't sound good, right? It doesn't sound good for a quarterback who's, what, 34 years old? He's not mobile. The offensive line is a mess. And a history of back injuries, right? The the O-line is a mess. Yeah. What happens with the Rams? No draft capital. Uh, You're paying all these older players. Ramsey is still... A good football player. He might not be the best lockdown corner anymore, but uh, I can see a world in which McVay is like, I'm good on this. Um, you know, Matt Stafford retires. Like, if I'm the Rams, the two most, the three most valuable assets that you have are Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. It's like, it's almost time to just flip those guys and try to acquire some capital and start the rebuild. This feels like a perfect team for D'Amico Ryans. Like, I'm just... I'm just saying that he's in division. They see him twice a year. You look at the defense that he's built in San Francisco. It seems like the perfect job for D'Amico Ryans to just transition over from, from San Francisco and come to L.A. Like, it seems like seems like it's setting up for D'Amico. I have no beat on that. But what situation is worse right now, Baltimore or the Rams? I think it's by far the Rams. Um, at least Baltimore, they've been able to build an offense, build a defense, you know, all these things. And credit to the Rams. They won the Super Bowl, but it's it's looking bad. You know, like it's looking real bad. You talk about Sean McVay potentially retiring. You want to say trading Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's not going to be traded. He's going to retire too, right? If they're thinking about trading Aaron Donald, they'll be like, nah, I'm good. He already threatened to retire this year. I don't see why he wouldn't retire now. Stafford, like you talked about, the injuries, the back injuries, um, other potential injuries. He could maybe retire, especially if McVay leaves. And that's the thing. It's, it feels like a mass exodus with the Rams. It's all these players are going to leave, and it'll be Jalen Ramsey standing around like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, wondering where the hell everybody went, right? They could trade him. They could trade Cooper Cup. Um, but outside of that, I don't know what kind of trade pieces they have. And obviously, they have no draft picks, right? So they're not going anywhere fast. And my only concern with D'Amico Ryan's going there is that it's easy for him to be the fall guy for a really bad really bad roster, really bad team because he's going to have nothing around him. And so if he doesn't turn it around in three or four years, is he viewed as a failed head coach, right? Because he couldn't turn this franchise around, even though they gave him absolutely nothing in support. So that's my only concern there. But yeah, I definitely think that they are a worse situation. Baltimore could be bad, especially if you're a quarterback. But if you are as a totality of a franchise, I would much rather play for Baltimore than I would for the Rams right now. All right, Jay, let's, uh, let's run through our ballers of the week real quick. Let's just start it off. Our quarterback baller of the week. Who is it, Jay? It's pretty easy this week. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. You were muted, but yes, Jalen Hurts. 29 for 39, 380 yards, three touchdowns to the air. Didn't he score one on the ground on as the ground, well? Yeah. yeah, one on the ground as well. I, I have not checked the odds, Jay. Is he the front runner for NFL MVP 
right now, Jalen Hurts. I have not checked the lines, but I'm, I'm just curious with this performance, man. And, you know, Hurts did this versus a Tennessee team that we think is pretty good. I mean, they're leading the AFC South. They've got a tough run defense. We know that they don't have the best passing defense. But, I mean, they made Tennessee look like child's play. They absolutely just blasted them, imposed their will. A.J. Brown running over damn defensive backs. Devontae Smith getting deep and open whenever he wants. Miles Sanders didn't even do it. They didn't even have a ground game, and it didn't matter. Defensively, Derrick Henry, non-existent. Outside of the Traylon Burks catch, I saw something, Jay, that Tennessee only had three active wide receivers yesterday. Three. In an in a, they only had three wide receivers act what it's your boy Chiggy, man. Chiggy every week. Big play Chiggy. Three. And of the three, I, Robert Woods is cooked. He's not good anymore. He's not good. Traylon got hurt. So it's just I think Tennessee is just this is a team that's just mid. They're just a mid team. They're just the yeah. definition of mid, Tennessee Titans would be right next to that definition. They're just they're they're good enough to win games, but they're never going to be good enough with Ryan Tannehill with that offensive philosophy to be anything other than mid. Uh, Jalen Hurts, absolute absolute stud this week. Uh, Jay, running back baller of the week, CMC Christian McCaffrey, twenty five touches, one hundred and forty six yards, a touchdown. You talked about it early. Brock Purdy came in and he said, "I'm going to get the ball." To my playmakers, I'm not going to make this complicated. There were a lot of concerns about CMC, his injuries. He's going to be able to handle a workload. 25 touches seems good enough to me, Jay. And then the wide receiver, baller week, Tay Adams. Uh, yeah. I mean. Uh, oh, boy. Every How many time, weeks is this for him now? Three or four weeks he's been baller Jay, of the week. Every, no bullshit. Every time like they cut to the Raiders on red zone, it was Adams. And there was one, he almost had another touchdown in the end zone. He was just running wide open, juking out folks, scoring touchdowns. Devontae Adams still showing that he is one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. And then you've got our tight end baller of the week because tight end is a dumpster fire. But at least Greg Dolchitz, uh, he was involved in the action. Six receptions, 85 yards. We still have a couple of tight ends tonight. Maybe Taysom Hill tops him. We don't yeah, know. Maybe. But Greg Dolchitz coming along in this horrendous Denver Broncos offense averaging 11 points per game. Uh, the Denver Broncos offense. I read a stat that they are competing for the worst offensive statistical season in Denver Broncos history with their quarter of a billion dollar quarterback, Russell Wilson. Those are our ballers of the week. Jay, let's get into the show. And I want to talk about two of the 2020 quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Both of these guys absolutely on fire right now. Part of me didn't believe that Cincinnati was like a true Super Bowl contender. I know they made it last year, but I'm like, was that more just Cinderella uh, and the stars align? No, 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 no. Joe Burrow's the, <laughs> I mean, we've known this, right? And we posed the question last week. What's this ceiling that Justin Herbert has that Joe Burrow doesn't? And I'd say probably 90% of the comments were, Ray, you're crazy. It's Herbert by a landslide. He's the more, he's the one that you want. He's got the, and every week Joe Burrow just goes out here and just destroys 25 for 31, 286, two touchdowns. And then he gave you 46 yards on the ground. Jamar Chase comes back. He looks like he hadn't missed a beat. Seven, seven for 97. And that was like a pedestrian game. That was just like, yeah, eh, nah, that's okay. Like seven for 97 from anybody else. You're, you're doing backflips in fantasy football, but because Jamar Chase is so great, He's just, he's just, he's just amazing, you know? And then you look at Jalen Hurts 
in what he's doing. And Jay, there was a tweet. My boy Mike Lou. Shout out Michael Lou. Shout out my boy Mike Lou. Mike Lou, let's go. I dropped a tweet two years ago. It was 2020. And I just said that I had trusted, I trusted Jalen Hurts, his development as a passer, more than I did Lamar Jackson. I said that Jalen Hurts is not a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, but the development of their ability to push the ball downfield and be a consistent throw from the pocket. Two and a half years ago, I said, give me Jalen Hurts in that department. Jay, you should read the comments. I mean, just crucified. They put me to the cross. They stoned me. They burned me. All of that stuff. And then I look today and I'm like, yeah, he looks like it. He's a better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson. And maybe that's a byproduct of, of the Ravens not having weapons around. But these two quarterbacks, I mean, the, the twenty. The big takeaway here, Jay, is it takes a couple of years for some of these guys, right? Yes, it happened sure. immediately for Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, where they came into the league, and from day one, they were superstars. But you look at that 2020 class that had Tua, that had Jalen Hurts, it's taken them some time. But you look back on that now, and I'm not going to call it historic, right? We're not going to go historic yet. None of them have won Super Bowls. We don't have any all-pros from them yet. But you're potentially staring at an NFL MVP and Jalen Hurts, who was a second-round pick, and you're looking at Tua, who was in MVP conversation up until yesterday, you look back on that class and you're like, damn, dude, that was a great quarterback class, right? If you walked away with one of those four, you are happy, but you had to show patience with two of those guys. You had to show patience with Tua. You had to show patience with Hurts. Just talk to me about Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, their performances on Sunday, and what your expectations are for those two teams moving towards the playoffs. So I think the biggest thing here with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts is like, they just, whenever I start to wonder, are they really that franchise? Are they really that team that can go all the way to an NFC Championship game and potentially win that game? They kind of show me again that they can really do that. Like they really have the dudes to make this happen. That offense, that defensive line played great last week against another great running back. You know, the Tennessee offensive line has been struggling a little bit, but they still stepped up, played a great game, forced Tannehill Hill to throw the ball. And he wasn't able to do that. On top of that, A.J. Brown showed why he hates his old team. Big revenge game for him. Had a massive game. Like you mentioned, running over that defensive back in the backfield there was pretty funny. But the biggest thing for me with Joe Burrow and Cincinnati is that they win the big games. They, For whatever reason, they continue to show up in these big moments. And that's something we cannot say about Justin Herbert. You know, he's had injuries to his wide receiver core, but they still have the highest paid wide receiver core in all of the NFL. So it's not really Justin, it's not really their fault that they don't have wide receivers. It's the injuries, all these things, but they're paying guys to perform and they're not doing that. So you can't really say that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are much better because they're still highly paid weapons in the NFL. I think it just comes down to is that Joe Burrow maybe has an intangible that Justin Herbert just doesn't have right now. And they need to work towards that. Maybe it's Brandon Staley, maybe it's Lombardi, but for whatever reason, I don't I don't know how you feel about Zach Taylor. I'm not the biggest fan, but Burrow consistently gets it done. And I think this you can say the same thing about Jalen Hurts. Every time his back is, is against the wall, he seems to be in trouble, seems to be maybe reeling a little bit. He makes a play like he did against Andy. He balls out like he did this week. And I think they're headed to a number one seed. But the interesting thing now is with Lamar Jackson being hurt, this really opens up things for Cincy to easily win that division, oh, yeah. right? Yes. And so yes. now I think that affords them a little bit of flexibility with how they play some of these guys. They won't have to press as hard. I don't think they're going to vie for the number one seed, even maybe potentially the number two seed. It's probably still going to be Buffalo or Miami. But since he is on track to be great, they're eight and four right now, one game behind Kansas City. So there is potentially the opportunity for them to get there because obviously they do have the tie break now versus Kansas City. So a lot of things happening, but I think both these teams are Super Bowl contenders potentially. Yes. And, and I think the second half for Burrow, 
is interesting. He may just be a second half guy because he's performing at a very high level right now and did the same thing last season. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're both legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I would put, I don't know who's leading the AFC North right now because Baltimore did come back and win it, you know, in the final, in the closing seconds versus Denver. Since he's as dangerous of a team in the AFC as there is. They, you know, we, we like to talk about Kansas City and Buffalo being the clear runaway favorites. We like to talk about Miami and what they can do offensively. Miami's problem is on the defensive side of the ball. Like, they can score points. Yeah. They can't stop anybody from scoring. The fact that Brock Purdy was able to matriculate the ball as easily as he was, that's a problem. Miami's defense needs to shore up. But Cincinnati's right there as a top three team in the AFC right now. They're playing complimentary defense on football. They're protecting Joe Burrow. He's not getting sacked. I think he was sacked one time yesterday. The only, time, the only reason he was hit is because he ran around 11 times. But both of, the, both of these quarterbacks are playing at Pro Bowl, All-Pro, MVP-type levels. And I was asked to rank the quarterbacks from the 2022 class. Tua, Hurts, Burrow, and uh, Herbert. Rank them, Jay. In Dynasty, how would you rank those quarterbacks? With Hurts in there, too. That's Yes. Hurts yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. is, is the one that's tough to rank because he's got to be... I would probably say that Herbert would still be my one, um, just really? for fantasy. Like, yeah, I think really? for I think it's because I think because it's fantasy, I would still roll with Herbert as my one for now. Um, you can make the case for Hertz, obviously. You can make the case for Burrow as rank well. Rank them, rank them. One, two, three, four. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Herbert, Burrow, Hertz, and then two last. I think. I think two would be my last guy for sure. I think Hertz still be my third. It's close for all three of those guys, man. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say it's crazy either way. You you put Hertz over all those guys. I like Hurts a lot. I think I'd still go with the passing quarterback. I've always kind of been that way. I would take, in Dynasty, right now today, I would go Hurts, Burrow, Herbert, Tua. Hurts, Burrow, Herbert, Tua. That'd be my that'd be my four. That'd be my four. Tua would be last as well. There's no way I would take Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts. And it like, doesn't mean... They're all tier one or bam tier type quarterbacks, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they're all tier two at this point, but, right? For sure. But if I had to pick one, I would pick Jalen Hurts over any of them. I and 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 if it, and if anybody were going to challenge Hurts for me at one, it'd be Burrow, not Herbert. Okay. It'd be it, it's Hurts and Burrow are my top two, no doubt. Locked in Herbert at three, Tua at four for me. Good question, um, Patrick. But ultimately, it just shows how awesome. At quarterback classes, I don't think we're going to get the same thing out of 2022, so don't hold your breath for that three years down the line. Um, but really quickly, on the Cincinnati side of the ball, it seems like Cincy just has Casey's number for whatever reason. Yeah. You talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and let's be really quick, Jay. Isaiah Pacheco, why don't they just run him more? I I mean, what he's being valued right now on KTC. The last I looked, he was like a top 24 running back. When I'm watching him, I'm like, fuck, just give that kid the ball, right? They got him on kick return. What are, what are what is your realistic expectation for what happens with Pacheco moving forward? The, I, I think, think he's the rest always going to season is going to be huge for him, right? But like Kansas City, commit to the run. That's when they operate at their best is when they're committed to a running game. They can play action. They can use Mahomes. Like wh- where are you at with Pacheco and what they're going to do? I think he's going to be a guy that very unlikely to see more than 15 carries in a week. I think this is just who Kansas City is, right? They're paying Mahomes all this money. They've been this franchise for a few years now. This isn't just like a new thing with them. Ever since they lost Kareem Hunt, they've been transitioning more to a pass game, quick passing game. They use a lot of screens, a lot of action. So it's not necessarily that they don't run the ball enough. It's that they choose rushing alternatives like we've seen in the past for a lot of these teams. 
I love Pacheco. I think he's a great running back. Um, I saw a comp. Someone was talking about him once, talking about how he does a lot. He like he moves a lot to not go very far. And Jared McKinnon's <laughs> like the exact opposite. Like he moves a lot to not go very far. And Jared McKinnon does very little to start moving very, very far. But I think the problem is that they, just, they have complimentary backs. They'll bring guys in. They're always going to be in a rotation and they just like to keep guys fresh. Outside of that, I don't think Pacheco, outside of like a smash matchup, like when he played the Chargers, is going to have a ton of big games. But again, there is some value in a Kansas City Chiefs running back. He scored again this week, which I did not expect. I thought they would definitely deviate from the run being down, but they actually did keep him involved in the game plan. Long term, maybe top 24 running back, but I don't know if I would go much higher than that because I don't yeah. know how often he's going to get the ball. RB2, right? That's the right? problem for me. Like he's an RB2. He's an RB2. Yeah. That in the right spots can give you RB one weeks, right? Like he and we need RB1 to see him catch passes. He doesn't catch passes right now. He did catch he the caught, passes this week, he but he's not, he's not cutting a ton. And, and he was open yeah. in the flats a ton. But then Mahomes wants to throw it to MVS, who's going to drop yep. six to catch one, right? Like he's going to set you back five steps to put you forward one step. I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be like an RB, like realistically, like ceiling with him. Maybe like fifteen, like maybe like RB fifteen, yeah. and he's good. Like he, I think they, I think they hit a home run. They found a steal at running back. A guy. What I don't think they're gonna do is just replace him because he's he's cheap. He cost them yeah. like why replace nothing. something that costs you nothing anyway? Like that's found money. Like I'm gonna spend this twenty until I have nothing left. Like it's found money, um, and that's what Isaiah Pacheco is. But let's pivot Jay to one of the more controversial starts of this season. Um, Deshaun Watson came back, and it was his first game in almost 700 days of football versus the Houston Texans. I was glued to this game for about eight minutes, and I I realized real quick this was going to be an absolute just dump. He looked like a dude that hadn't played football in a long time, Jay. I, I know he's great. Uh, he's, he's a great football player. All right, He's not great, but he's a great football player. But he looked like a dude that hadn't played football in a lot. I mean, you had put it in the Discord. You're like, he spiked it into the ground. Like, literally, Legit. was trying to throw downfield. And just spiking it at the feet of players. He looked nervous in the pocket. He did make a couple of throws where you're like, okay, that there it is. That's the Deshaun. But... What was his final stat line? Well, I don't even know what his final stat line um, was. I, I believe he had 130 yards. Hold on, let me pull it up real quickly. It was, it was not good. 12 for 22, 131 yards and one pick, which was a pick in the end zone where he didn't see the safety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ray, it was not good. It was it was honestly worse than I even expected. It was. But I think that's I think that's partially because they tried to throw the ball. Like they they were running the ball effectively. Nick Chubb, 4.7 a carry, Kareem Hunt, 6.2 a carry. They could have just ran the ball. But they decided to try and get Watson involved a lot. Like he threw the he threw the uh, crosser to DPJ. DPJ was wide open. He better make that throw. Outside of that, though, there wasn't a ton of plays I like to see from Watson. And again, only twelve completions, twenty two attempts, one hundred thirty one yards, QBR of twenty eight point six. Like Ugh. you mentioned, he looked like a quarterback who hasn't played in a very long time. And to be honest, right, this is I expected him to be bad. Like I did not want to start him this week. I took the under on his passing yards. It, yeah, you got, this, you got a lot of it's shit take for some that, weeks. man. People thought you were crazy People taking in the, the under on Watson's yards, man. Wasn't even close. He was 100 yards under his over-under. So, again, it's just he's going to be rusty. You don't necessarily want to start him every week. I think he's got some big games coming up, a lot of divisional games for the Browns. So, maybe he can do some things. They are still sort of in a playoff hunt at 5-7. and seven. They're not out of it yet, but they got to probably win out. We're going to see. It, it, he's going to be rusty. He's going to be bad. But I think that the old Watson, we will see some glimpses of in due time. But it may take some time. Yeah. I think people need to realize 
we are expecting to see him do something at the end of this season to give us confidence heading into next season that he will be that QB1 going forward. Let me just ask you, um, do you think we're going to, because I, do you think we're going to see Deshaun Watson before the end of this season? Or is it more like he's he's knocking the rust off and we're really going to see the real Watson next year? And part of me, rather that be the case. I'd rather him be kind of shitty for the rest of the year because I think it's still, it'd be, it'd provide a window to buy him in Dynasty. Like, are you still comfortable right now? Uh, you traded for Watson in the league. Can you can you tell the people what you traded to get Deshaun Watson? I traded Justin Fields and a first, basically, was the bulk of the trade. And then a few other pieces to kind of ma- make the, it match the, value. But the, the um, bulk of it was Fields and a first. Tw- Fields and a yeah. 23 first to get Deshaun Watson. Watson. You still yeah. feel good about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I, the bigger thing for me, uh, part of the reason why I made the trade was because uh, Fields is going to be out this week, so I wouldn't have a QB two. Um, and then Watson plays Cincinnati, so he's going to have to, he's going to have to come to play in this one, right? They're going to it to Cincinnati this week, so he's going to have to come to play. And I think we see a lot more from Watson in this one. He'll probably throw the ball 30, 40 times. Um, again, first game was a feeler game, but this is a real test. They, they, ha- if they want to try and make the playoffs, make a push, he's got the Bengals this week. He's got the Ravens next week. And then he's got the Saints, Commanders and Steelers to close out the season. So I think there will be moments and Ray, the, to your point, that Steelers game, if he plays, that's the game we should see him do something. If he's really bad and kind of struggling against that Steelers defense should be the week that he really goes off. Um, if anything, in this season. So again, right before the season ends, we may see some prime Watson with a 300 yard game, bombing it to receivers, wide open guys running all over the place. So that's kind of where I'm expecting to see the big, what do you, what do you think about Rico's question here? The, the, that's the question. What is the real Watson after two years away from football? Like we're, we're thinking about like, and I'm, I'm just asking, right. Two, had he played for two years, that's just, that's two more years, right. Of getting better or getting worse, but we're getting better for Deshaun Watson. Like, what is he two years? Like, where, right now, today, where is he slot in for you, Dynasty ranks? Is he in that Kyler Dak Prescott range, you know, back, back 12 Dynasty quarterback? Or are you more aggressive and you're like, this is a top five dude? Like, I want to acquire him by any means necessary. I want Watson because of the contract and the commitment to him kind of for the same reasons we wanted Russell Wilson uh, to start this season, right? The the commitment, the contract, he's not going anywhere no matter how bad he plays. Uh, For me, he would be in that tier three. You know, we talk about how we have a tier two that's very strong. We love the top seven, uh, top eight quarterbacks, but tier three, when you talk about Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray's probably not in that tier as of yet, but he's getting a little closer. Um, But Watson would be right around there for me, you know, right around where I think I'd probably put Trevor Lawrence and, um, you know, Dak Prescott and some of those guys because he just he needs to show me again that he is a tier two guy a tier one guy I wouldn't quite put him in there yet but yes I am trying to buy him I mean I did buy him and I would be trying to buy him the issue is that if you really believed in him you should have been trying to buy him before this right you maybe now you try and go acquire him but you should have been trying to buy him when he wasn't playing when he was injured when the price was lower because even though he didn't play so well I still think the price has gone up significantly since he uh since he obviously got suspended and all those things kind of happened for Watson All right, Jay, let's pivot and let's talk about the Jets. And uh, I want to talk about Mike White because Mike White has been, I looked on Google Trends after last Sunday, he was the number one trending thing like across the United States was Mike White, Mike White, Mike White, Mike White goes out there. Jets lose the Vikings 22 to 27. The Vikings were awful. Like we're like if outside of Dalvin Cook and his volume and touchdown and Justin Jefferson and his receptions and touchdowns, they were all crap. Kirk Cousins was bad. They were all bad. Mike White, you look at the compiling stats, right? What he ended up doing. Ultimately, 
31 for 57 pass attempts for Mike White, which is a problem in its own sense. Like, he shouldn't be throwing the ball 57 times. 369 yards. Are you looking at like, shit, man, threw for 369. Uh, two interceptions. He probably could have had like six interceptions in that game. He was he was giving them to the Vikings, right? They just couldn't catch him. Uh, but, you know, sacked once, QBR of 23. What do you think happens with this situation? There's n- nobody out there can seriously believe that Mike White has any future as some dynasty startable asset at court. There's no way in hell, Jay. No way. You, you may want to talk team, to your boy Eric Vandekill about that. But does the team turn well, we does the team turn it back over to Wilson? I don't think that happens this year. I think I think his punishment is rest of the season benching and then compete for the job next year. I, I don't just my gut feeling, like I do think Zach Wilson gets another chance with the Jets. I don't think yeah. it's gonna happen this year, no matter what. Like I think they are going to if the season flames out, they'll be like, This this is your fault. Like this is why. We had a great defense, but you weren't a leader, and we had to play Mike White, and you caused the team to go up in flames. Like, where are you at with this whole Mike White thing? Let's, like, just give me some real talk here, man. So here's the reality, I think, for Zach Wilson and Mike White. Mike White was awful. Like, he threw for a lot of yards, got the ball to Garrett Wilson. That's great, but he wasn't very good. I uh, didn't throw any touchdowns. He did run for a touchdown. One pick, that was pretty bad, and then the game-ending pick, but that one I'm not as concerned about because it was at the end of the game. But here's where the situation is interesting, Ray. This week they play the Bills in Buffalo. What do you think the score of that game is going to be? Probably like 50 to nothing if I'm going to just have a prognosis. They're probably going to lose pretty bad, right? Mike White probably throws three to four interceptions in this game against Buffalo. So then, Ray, they go, they play at home versus the Lions. So then you have a Lions defense that has been okay at times and bad at others. So maybe they're bad. Maybe after this bad loss to Buffalo. You get Zach Wilson come back. He has the Lions. He has the Jaguars. He has the Seahawks, who are fine. And then he closed the season with the Dolphins. So he may be able to end the season with about a month of games and play, you know, four games, end the season with some confidence. We'll see. But Mike White looks exactly like Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, every time he came in, he threw the ball 50 times and they'd lose. You'd be excited because you'd get the ball to Garrett Wilson, get the ball to this guy, that guy, whoever, but they weren't winning games because the quarterback wasn't good enough. So I just think I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, they're saying the Jets beat the Bills. Yeah, I know. I get it. They beat the Bills already. But if Mike White's a quarterback, I don't know if they beat the Bills on the road, people. On the road in Buffalo. I I don't think that's going to happen. Bills probably open up as... What? Josh Allen was Eight, horrible that game, favorite? too. Josh Allen was... Yep. I mean, he's throwing it directly to Jets defenders. I'm not... Good job, Jets, but I'm not I'm not going to be like, oh, they beat them weeks ago. They're going to beat them again. I'm not buying that either. Not buying that again either. So um, I think that's the narrative that could play out for Zach Wilson in his favor, and then potentially we do see him again, but we'll see. I don't... Maybe. May, I think Mike White has to be very, very, very bad versus Buffalo in order for them to make the switch back. I think they're going to punish him for the rest of the season. I, I think... I don't think it's going to happen, man. Um, Inside yeah. that game, Garrett Wilson, though, man... <laughs> What a budding superstar. Eight for 162. 15 targets for Garrett Wilson. 15. And what's real funny is, remember, Elijah Moore's back. Elijah Moore's back. Mike White and Elijah. Back in the shitter for Elijah Moore. Uh, two for seven. Corey Davis was second on the team in targets. Five for 85 for old man Corey Davis out there. Uh, Jay, but the bigger story from the Jets side of the ball, and I, I heard Scott talking about it on his podcast today, Zonovan Knight, another strong yeah. performance from Bam Knight, showing that um, 
he's going to be involved at least for the rest of this season. And I think the 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 realistic sort of outcome for Bam is he shows well enough throughout this season to earn a Gus Edwards type role next year. Because once Brees Hall is ready, there ain't no doubt about it. That's yeah. that's the guy. I mean, that's 70-80% snaps. But we know that players coming back from an ACL injury, it, it takes them a little bit, right? Like, I'm not expecting Brees to come back in week one look like the same guy that we saw, you know, early in his rookie season. It's probably going to take a little bit. But what he has an opportunity to do, Jay, is show that I can play. I'm better than James Robinson. I'm better than Michael Carter. And I can be a competent backup in the NFL. And as we've seen in Dallas, if Dallas, Detroit, if you can just hang around as a backup long enough, you're going to get an opportunity. A.J. Dillon's getting an opportunity. Jamal Williams, opportunity. Isaiah Pacheco, backup, opportunity. Tony Pollard, opportunity. Bam Knight looks good. Like, he doesn't just look like... There's some running backs that come in here like, all right, you could tell, like, okay, he had a nice little run there, Malik Davis, last night, but that ain't never going to be a thing. What are your thoughts on Bam Knight and just... If you were able to get him off of waivers, I mean, you cashing out for a third? Are you going to sell Bam Knight for any third rounder? Or is it like, all right, you give me a second, I'll move him? Or do you kind of want to let this situation play out a little bit, use him if you're a contender? What's the right play with Bam Knight right now? Because he's starting to get more and more steam right now, Jay. So I think you made a really good point there in that there will be some growing periods for Brees Hall. He's not just going to come in and be the starter right away. He's probably going to have well, to share a Well, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the starter right away. He's going to have to share a backfield a little bit. He was already doing that as a rookie. He kind of took over. But I think with the ACL injury and the Jets want to protect their investment a little bit, if you have a Bam night that you put little to no investment in, you're probably going to want to use him. Would I buy Bam? People are saying buy Bam. Rose saying buy Bam. I don't know if I would do that. I think that where he's at right now is a great option for anyone who is a contender. You can start him now. This week, we weren't sure how he's going to play up between him, Ty Johnson, and James Robinson. Clearly, Bam Knight is the guy and looked like the best running back in that backfield. But beyond this season, I think you just hold him. Unless someone's going to give me a second-round pick for him, I'm probably yeah. not going to move him. But if, I, if you give me a second... You could talk me into it. You know, I, I think that's a fine sell because, again, we don't, he's not going to go anywhere, right? He's not going to go on a new team. They're not going to trade him. They're going to hold him. Insurance policy, maybe they get rid of Michael Carter in the future and they hold on to Bam Knight. But Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Bam Knight in a backfield, very solid. Very solid. They can lean on that running game. And I think they continue to build things going forward. But I don't know if I would do much with Bam Knight. I think you got to just hold him. You can probably play him for the rest of the year. But outside of that, I don't think I would be trading him for a third, especially. It's just not enough for me. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers, which continue to have one of the more interesting storylines at quarterback in the entire NFL. So you talked about in the news, Jimmy Garoppolo broken. What is it? Broken ankle for Jimmy G? Is that what it was? Yeah, he broke his he broke his ankle it in bad, yeah, it, I saw the it, picture. Ugh. Well, they, what Ian Rapport said was it was multiple fractures in his foot. And there potentially could be ligament damage. So he they don't even know the extent of the damage right now. So right. he does have to get the MRI. We will get, get that confirmed probably later in the day or a little bit later. He's going to get surgery today. So we should have some idea of Damn. what actually happened. But the problem is, Ray, is like we've seen it in basketball. Some of these broken ankle injuries, they take 12 months plus to really recover and heal and all these things. So to break your ankle December 4th, what does his prognosis yeah. look like as a quarterback playing for a contract? Obviously, who's going to sign him now? And I know you want to get into that a little bit with some of these guys. Liz Frank fears, yeah, it could be a lot of things with, with Jimmy. Could be a lot of things. We don't even know the extent of the injury right now. So, obviously, the number one thing is this is a massive blow to their Super Bowl chances because I did think 
they were a top four team in the NFC with the way that defense is, with how the offense was operating. I was like, that's a top three, top four team in the NFC, no doubt. Philly, uh, I trusted San Francisco more than Minnesota. I think it was like Philly, Dallas, the 49ers for me in my yeah, personal because- power rankings. Uh, you can catch me on Bleacher Report every Monday and Thursday uh, on Bleacher Report today, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, tap into that Bleacher Report app. Um, but my question, Jay, is what does this do uh, for Trey Lance next season? Just give me your thoughts on Lance and how this impacts him next season. So you kind of have this in the notes. I don't want to take too much away from what you said, but the bigger thing here is how does Jimmy G get a job that's not in San Francisco, right? That's part of the problem is that as much as I like Jimmy G and I think he's a fine quarterback, now he's got a broken ankle and he could have earned a starting job next season, but now it seems like that's very unlikely. They probably bring him back. And now you have two quarterbacks, two broken ankles, one Mr. Irrelevant. And Ray, if we're being honest, would you rather trust the quarterback with a broken ankle who doesn't run, or would you rather trust the quarterback with a broken ankle who does run? I think that Trey will be the starting quarterback, but I think there are concerns around the league what that about, maybe they do bring Jimmy back. What about back. the smoke about Tom? My thing is, there's going to be the Tom Brady smoke. They're bringing Psycho Jimmy Garoppolo Tom. back on a one-year deal. Is Trey Lance the guy? He's going to be, we're talking about Deshaun Watson, two years removed from football. It'd be Lance three years removed from football, and the last time three that he games, re- bro. really three played games in three years. was in an FCS North Dakota State. Like It's starting to get scary hours with Trey Lance. Patrick, you know I love you. I wholeheartedly disagree. There's no way San Francisco with Brock Purdy is a top-four NFC team. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will put an exorbitant amount of money on that, that they are not a top-four team with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I know it looked okay, Last game because the quarterback that they have no game plan for versus a bad defense. Like, okay, he, let's see how that ha- let's see how he looks this week when they have a week of game planning against them. Not with Brock Purdy. They're not a top four team in the NFC. Wholeheartedly disagree with that. Um, but I do think that uh this is just mess it's setting up for a very messy offseason in San Francisco. We talked about how you, you saw the quotes from Tua having a quarter having a coach believe in you as the yeah. guy. I I, I will say it until the day that I, I leave the earth. I don't believe Kyle Shanahan wanted to draft Trey Lance in the first damn place. I'm not buying it, Jay. So now uh, he hadn't played football in forever. He's got an injury. He was yep. looking kind of, we didn't really know because it was a tsunami game. And then he broke his ankle and the neck. Like, we don't really know what he is. But I know he hadn't played real football in three years. And the year that he did, it was at North Dakota State. So... I think this is if you had if I had Lance, I would be. Would you just want to just get off of him and not even deal with what could or could not be? Like, where yeah. are you at with him? Like, would you rather I just mean, trade him? I mean, would we talked about this in the question. Discord, right? Would you Wait trade for him Lance to- for Kenny Pickett in the 24 first? Oh, Kenny Pickett. No, right. Would you trade Lance for Kenny Pickett in the two? I mean, I'm trying to give some. If I said, would you trade Lance That's for a- Jalen Hurts, everybody would say yes. So I'm trying to yeah. give some realistic scenarios. Kenny Pickett in the 24 first or Trey Lance? I guess it's Pickett in the first, but I just, again, the problem is, is, is the upside of what Lance could be. But I think if I'm, if I have Lance, I'm waiting for training camp to sell him, right? I'm waiting to see him sprinting on the side of the practice field. And people to get excited, right? That's that's when I'm that's what I'm waiting for. I don't think you sell them now. You could buy them if you want, but the buy window, I mean, the buy window's been open forever if you really want to buy them. 
but yeah, I think you wait, you sell, and then you go from there. I just, again, I've talked about this a lot in the Discord, especially. I don't want Trey Lance because he just he hasn't played. Like, we saw how bad Watson's looked. Like, what is Trey Lance going to look like if he doesn't play? And so he's got training camp. You know, he's got a ton of playmakers. All these things are in his favor. Like, I would only disagree with your point on Brock Purdy a little bit because the players are so good. Like, Shanahan can basically be like, Brock Purdy, how about you just do nothing and we'll run the ball with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey will run screens. Like, at some point, he has to do something. Like, you that's think so, not yeah. going to work. At some point, like, you're right. The premise is, okay, he doesn't have to do anything. Just throw it to – at some point, defenses will dictate you have to do something. And I don't trust yeah. him to do anything. I watched Brock Purdy at Iowa State. There was a reason yeah. why he was a seventh-round pick. And I get there are gems that fall through the crack. I understand that. And I'm not shitting on Purdy, but this is a tough – that's a tough ask to put him in this situation oh, yeah. as a team that's TTT. It's, they, they, they are TTG trained to go right now. The San Francisco 49ers are ready to go. they got a Super Bowl defense. They've got the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, they just held the Dolphins. I don't care if Waddle was in or out. They still have Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. I know their offensive line was damaged, but we're talking about Tua being an MVP candidate. I mean, this defense is ready to go. I just, I'm not buying in to a half a game of Brock Purdy when D like he just I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying it with San Francisco. So they have their their closing schedule, Ray. Buccaneers at the Seahawks, uh, home versus the Commanders at the Raiders, uh, versus the Cardinals. So three home games for Brock Purdy, two road games against Seattle and against the Raiders. How many games do you think he can win of those th- of those five? I think who he can probably the, win two or three. Who are the home games three. against? Two home games are versus the Bucks, versus the Commanders, and versus the Cardinals. I mean, he, he sh- I think the commanders are going to be tough. I think the Bucs. Yeah, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. The Bucs. It's a lot of tough. All those games are tough, right? They're tough games. Those are tough games. Yeah. All he needs to do is win like two of them. If he can get two, if he's the starter, if he can win two, they're in the playoffs, I believe. He just needs to get two they of gotta them. They got to beat Seattle, though. Seattle, if they beat Seattle, they have a really good shot of winning division. Because right now they're one game up on Seattle. Seattle barely got a win versus the Rams this week. But if they beat Seattle on the road, which is a massive ask, they would have a pretty good shot of winning the division, if, even if they don't necessarily win the rest of the game. So that's kind of the big thing here, is that the, the Seattle game is the most important game. But to your point, the Raiders game will be tough. The Raiders are playing much better than they were a few weeks ago. Even the Cardinals game at home will probably be tough because the Cardinals, while they're 4-8 right now, they're probably going to want to give hell to Brock Purdy and that, and that defense and offense. So I'm curious what they do with him. But tough schedule, and to your point, they do have eight wins, though, so they're, they're fine for playoffs, but they may only get 10, and that may not be enough to win the division in this, for this season. The, the problem, man, the, the problem is the NFC East is just so good. They're, they're just so good. And then you had the Giants yeah. and the Commanders tied yesterday. The Cowboys absolutely smacked the Colts. Jeff Saturday, there's no way he can be the coach next year. No, there's no way Matt Ryan looks terrible Jeff Saturday is a is not equipped for that job let's just say that he is not qualified for that job uh Jay just run through a couple of games that we didn't talk about Pittsburgh beat Atlanta 19 to 16 Marcus Mariota looks awful Justin Fields came back down to earth a little bit two interceptions 254 passing he did have a long touchdown run but outside of the 55 yarder didn't do much on the ground. Uh, the Bears and all that enthusiasm came back a little bit. Aaron Rodgers didn't look 100%. He didn't look very good. But defensively, and then A.J. Dillon, a big game on the ground. Christian Watson scores two more touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. 
big win for Green Bay. They're not going to do anything uh, playoff-wise with good win for them. The Detroit Lions, they got back Jamison Williams. Everyone was excited about that, Jay. Uh, he didn't do anything. He had one target. I mean, I, I don't know why people were expecting much. ACL. We're not going to get the real JMO until next year. So if this provides any opportunity to buy him, I would be doing that. But I think the big takeaway for me, DeAndre Swift got in the action, 14 for 62, yep. a touchdown, four catches, 49 yards. And Amon Ross St. Brown is a wide receiver one. And for me, uh, it's a, he is locked into that tier. I don't care if JMO's there or not. Amon Ra is the one. Like I'm not buying Jamison Williams as the one in that offense. Amon Ra has done it every week since he got opportunity as a rookie. He's a locked and loaded wide receiver one. Bam, bam tier incoming for Amon Ross St. No, Brown. Hey, come Sunday. on. Uh, it's incoming. I didn't say yet. I didn't say yet. You're, you're giving Stone too much hope. I, I think he's he's great, right? You talked about he, he kicked the shit out of the Jaguars. He had two touchdowns. He does even the last the out of everybody was last touchdown was a little cheap. You know they they run they run the play fake on the goal line. They're up like thirty up. points, but good for him, man, he, he he did have a phenomenal game. Phenomenal ben Johnson's going to be a coach. Uh, the offensive coordinator from the Lions, Ben Johnson. What they do offensively, the schemes and the concepts that they run. It's got Jared Goff looking like like a starter. It looks if I'm Detroit, I don't even know if you. I'm not taking a quarterback at the top of the uh, of the draft. If Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are there, why on earth would I pass on those yeah. guys when Jared Goff is probably just as good as any quarterback that you're going to get over the next two to three years at the top of the draft? Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. I mean, you you better pray that they're Jared Goff and can throw for four thousand yards in a season. So I think Bid Johnson, what he's doing with Detroit offensively is incredible. T. Law gutted it out again. Looked like he tore his knee up. He walks oh. back in. Dude is just tough as nails. I really like how he plays ball. We talked about Baltimore barely beating the Denver Broncos offensively. Jay, they are a mess. I don't trust them. Seattle beat the Rams. It was actually a really good game. DK Metcalf, yeah. Jalen Ramsey getting into it. You love that when you when you watch those games. The Giants and the Commanders, 20-20 to tie. Daniel Jones was running the ball, throwing the ball, put the team in position. Darius Slayton dropping damn passes in the middle of the field. McLaurin, big game. Can we talk about Brian Robinson again, Jay? Everybody hates him. What does he do every week? 20 carries, 70 to 90 yards every week. Just give B-Rob the ball. Catching the pack, catching. I mean, he's good. I mean, he's good enough. He's good. So enough. annoying, bro. It's so it's not it's, it's so not annoying, annoying because he's the guy. It's not even annoying because he's going to get the 20 carries a week. It's not even annoying. You just know what's gonna happen. Taylor Heineke is gonna be the starting quarterback for the commanders next year as well, Jay. Yeah. And probably. then the Chargers, your boy, uh Justin Herbert. Uh again, the 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 ceiling so high, such a high ceiling, just like Blake Griffin, that high ceiling. Herbert lost six and six. The LA Chargers, the Raiders messing up their draft pick. They're five and seven. Derek Carr played solid ball every time he threw to Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. 144 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Jacobs has just been a fantasy monster this season, Jay. But there it is. There's the show. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Alex was actually mentioned James Cook, which is funny because we didn't talk about James Cook because he played on Thursday, right? Played we on did the show on Friday. But Ray, do you think that James Cook could be a thing coming down the final stretch yep. of the season? He, I believe he outcarried Singletary in this one, caught a few, I think he caught like six yep. passes out of the backfield against the Patriots. It felt like a bit of an anomaly, but maybe it's not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know. I, I think I want to see it for one more week, but it's good. he could be maybe a thing down the stretch. Naeem Hines got involved. Singletary was great. Um, but yeah, it was James Cook pretty early in that game. He did look good against the Patriots. What about Mac Jones cussing out Patricia? <laughs> 
What do you think about Where, that? Go, go figure, right? Go figure. You hire Matt Patricia, a failed coach who is a defensive guy as your offensive coordinator, and your offense struggles. Color me so shocked. Color me yeah, so shocked. Color me happened. shocked. Ridiculous, shocked. man. All right. Ridiculous. Good show. Appreciate everybody tapping in. Like I said, check out Destination Dynasty, uh, the final episode in Scott Connor's roster construction series. Check out that. You'll probably have to replay the additional six, seven episodes that he dropped. Uh, make sure you're tapped in the channel. Uh, tomorrow, we got Troy and LQ. They're going to do a show tomorrow night. We got Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, check out our show on the Mojo channel. Join the Discord, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Use that promo code Wake Up to get you 15% off that Michelle Adoro coffee. Use the same promo code Wake Up to get you $100 on prize picks. Jay, good show. Good Monday. We'll be back. Trades on Wednesday. Join the Discord. Y'all got $7 a month. You just got paid. It's December. It's early December. Come join. Get those trades in the trade channel. We'll do the trade show on Wednesday. And we have some fun on Friday talking about the Heisman because I believe that ceremony is this weekend. We know it's going it to Caleb yeah. Williams. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be Caleb. Let's just pull it up. It's, he's going to win it again. Uh, but appreciate y'all tapping in. We are out. Have a good one. Peace. Thank y'all for watching the Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich, the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content and if you want to get in on that action use the promo code wake up over on prize picks for a 100 deposit match up to 100 for first time users and a brand new show dropping on the mojo youtube channel myself and jay rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on mojo it's all gas, all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.